Pittsburgh Steelers fans, hey, it's time for another hangover, and look at me, look at Tony Defio from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, guess what, we're not face down in the gutter, it's not one of those that we're like, oh, I've got a hangover, what do we do, it's like, woo, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-0, and this is a fantastic hangover, and it just proves you don't have to be perfect to be perfect, Tony. You certainly don't. Uh, NFL is a tough league, and and as tough as it is, does anybody else? You know, you go back to that T-shirt. Got six. Nobody else does right now, as far as victories. Am I wrong there? I know nobody ha- nobody's has zero losses. So yeah, uh, you don't have to be perfect to go six and zero. Oh, and right now, the Steelers are the only team that's that has that record. You know, I went to bed last night um, thinking that the Steelers were going to be joining the Seahawks as the only 6-0 and teams in the league, being undefeated. It, it was an 11-point lead at that point. Tyler Lockett was killing me as far as FanDuel goes, which mm-hmm. means one Jefferson Hartman was beating me in FanDuel, and I went from first place to third place in that game because he had Kyler Murray as well, and Tyler Lockett, who had 47 touchdowns and 56,000 yards in that game, <laughs> or so it seemed. And so I'm thinking, well, the Seahawks are are going to be unbeaten again. They have zero losses. I wake up this morning. I'm like, what is going on? The Seahawks lost? The Steelers are the only unbeaten team in the NFL? How about that? So I was feeling really good, Tony. Were you shocked at that game as well? I uh, Just like you, I, I couldn't hack it last night. I, I was just tired. I, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, so I wanted to watch that game, but I figured uh, I can catch the highlights, and I thought they would win because, as you said, they were up by two scores there. And I was surprised as uh, you when I woke up to see that that, these, that they lost, and the Seahawks or the Steelers were uh, the only undefeated team in the NFL. They had the number one number one ranked team in the NFL for what that's worth. I I am so flabbergasted that this is where we are, and I'm thrilled. I knew it was possible. You just over all that time, you just don't think it's going to happen because teams lose. And the other team, and this is Tony, this is your quote that you always use, Tony. What is it? The other team still gets paid? The other team gets paid too. The other team's on scholarship too, yeah. You know, so they're playing a win. And this was an undefeated team the Steelers were playing. So I've got lots of thoughts on this game. And we're going to talk about it here. We're going to talk about our hangover in the second half. We are going to talk about your questions. So get those ready for around the uh, the 20 minute mark. And we'll talk about those as well. Lots of great friends that we see so far in the live chat coming in. They're rushing in to say hello to all of us. Uh, good friends. So we really appreciate all of you. Remember, if you want to go ahead and get your question at the top of the queue, you could go ahead and use the live chat, the super chat function. And uh, we will be glad to uh, accept that from you and we appreciate your hard-earned money as well and you don't have to do it but tony will thank you because those hot looking headphones he has on and that new microphone is courtesy of all of you so thanks for all of your help with that but with that being said let's get on to this game tony the steelers storm out of the gate they really stormed out of the gate first time in 23 games tony they get a touchdown on the first drive and that's a big deal don't you think yeah, it certainly was yesterday. You, you could tell they had a plan. Uh, they, they won the opening uh, coin toss, and they, they accepted the the ball, and they went methodically right down the field. And, and uh, 
took command of the game early. So yeah, it was, that was a very big deal. You know, I really thought it was because I thought, look, they need to come out with a statement here. And the entire quarter was pretty much a statement quarter, probably one of the best quarters I've ever seen the Pittsburgh Steelers play. Not only did they keep an undefeated team off of the field, they kept the best running back in the game off of the field for the entire first quarter. And I thought they played Derrick Henry very well. But when you have over 14 minutes of football in the first quarter and the other team has one, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, look at the overall plays between both teams, the Steelers had three turnovers to their zero and yet they still had 74 plays to Tennessee's 56 for the game. So uh, yeah, that, that was a great game plan. Keeping, keeping Henry off the field. I mean, he, he still had 20 touches, which is five under his average, but yeah, they, they did a marvelous job. Just they playing defense by playing, by playing time and possession on offense. They really did. So that was, that was great game planning. You know, they, they mixed the ball around, they mixed in the rush. They were fine. Ben was finding different receivers. He looked crisp and something that I predicted, and this is not me trying to pat myself on the back. This is me saying that it just seemed like going in, that this was going to be a Deontay Johnson game because he was out for a couple of weeks, coming back. Everybody's thinking about Chase Claypool. Ben's going to go to Deontay Johnson a lot. He went to him 15 times. He went to Juju Smith-Schuster a lot in this game as well. And I thought Juju looked very, very good in this game because once when you, I mean, you get to that point where you can go ahead and rest on Juju and not worry about him, then he's going to beat you up. And he was coming up with some very timely receptions. Who do you think was the receiver, the number one receiver, Tony, in this game? Oh, I thought Juju was the most important uh, receiver that, in yesterday's game by far. And and it just it goes back. He made a lot of a lot of uh, important plays, especially on that, that final drive that didn't end so well. But uh, it just goes back to what we were talking about. They have they're so deep at the receiver position. Both he and uh, Deontay Johnson had nine catches apiece. I think that's what they both wound up with. And, and and James Washington had one target, zero catches, and Chase Claypool had what zero catches, so or maybe one catch. So it's gonna, you know, it, there's just so many, there's so, so many weapons there that that on uh, any given week, any one of those guys can feast on on the on the uh, on the coverage. So I want to go ahead and bring up Black and Gold Goggles. Great name, by the way. We got away from the run when we got the lead. And how about a shout out to Matt Filer? He was blocking like a champ. Look, that entire offensive line, black and gold goggles, pretty phenomenal. They, I mean, those guys, the Tennessee Titans, I know they're not the greatest defense, but they have some players up there. Justin, excuse me, Jeffrey Simmons. Keep on wanting to call him Justin Simmons, but I believe that's a uh, Denver, line, uh, Denver uh, defensive back who I'm thinking of. But Jeffrey Simmons is pretty special up there. You've got Clowney there. You've got some guys that could get to a quarterback, and they weren't allowing it. The only one that had a couple a couple mishaps on the line with two penalties was Chuksakorafor. He still had a pretty good game as well. They were uh, opening up blocking lanes and running lanes for Mr. Jimmy C, like I like to call him, James Conner. And they the running game, I gave them an A yesterday, Tony. And the reason I gave them an A is because the only reason they didn't rush for more is they weren't called upon to rush for more. Yeah, I thought James Conner looked great. I mean, he had 20 carries for 82 yards, and he probably was, probably should should have been more like 19 carries for close to 90 yards. But Ben, ben reverted back to his uh, – 
his uh, 2010 days and tried to get him the ball. And I might have went for a, a few yards if, if Connor wouldn't have slipped. I think he was as shocked as anybody that he he got that ball, but he shouldn't have been. That's that's been his whole career. But yeah, he, he, the running game I think was very effective, especially uh, in, in the first half. And and I have no I have no no uh, qualms about about how that running game went uh, if overall. You know, I am going to go ahead and repeat myself, repeat myself, and repeat myself again when I say that this is a special team that is very unselfish. Now, if you did not get a chance to listen to Tony's show the other day talking about how Juju Smith-Schuster, his selfishness is so much more than stats, go ahead and download that. Check it out on any of your favorite podcast platforms, anywhere you download any of your shows, whether it's a show on anything, you got to download all the BTSE stuff because remember... You don't want to watch YouTube when you're in the car because Tony and I look at these faces. They could be distracting when right. you're driving. Right. Now, and I've, I've been lifting a lot lately. So you know, <laughs> I don't think you want to, you know, I, yeah, you're right. Good point. You want to, we have plenty of uh, audio podcasts that you can uh, listen to each and every day. But the bottom line to the whole thing is that uh, Tony Defio was right on the money when he said, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a very unselfish team and Juju Smith-Schuster is leading the way. So I'm looking at this, te this team and I'm really impressed on how unselfish they are. Ben is spreading it around to everybody and everybody is getting a chance to get into the game. Now, we didn't see a lot of Chase Claypool yesterday. We did not see a lot of Mr. Vance McDonald yesterday, but they come up too. They're in the offensive game plan. The big news over the weekend, Tony, was Antonio Brown signing on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when I looked at that, I was like, great, he's in the NFC. That's fine. There's a possibility that we see him again, but maybe not. The odds are probably not. But he's not in the AFC. And most importantly, he's not back with the Steelers because they can't handle an Antonio Brown on this team. They need a Juju Smith-Schuster on this team who's leading by example. He's blocking downfield. He's doing the things that you don't see. And he had a fantastic game after only having six yards the week before. I'm, I'm still loving this team and what they're bringing. And they brought everything they needed to bring in the first half. In the second half, it wasn't quite the same thing. What do you think happened in the second half, Tony? I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like the, uh, the the Titans started anticipating the uh, the short throws more. It seemed like Ben was uh, was intent on getting to, getting the football out of his hands as quickly as possible, and and uh, the, 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 the 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 Titans were were they adjusted to that, and 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 they were playing more underneath coverage. So that's that's that was my take on the game. I, I didn't think they they tried to uh, to to test them deep that, as, as much as they should have in in, in the second half. George Rice says this, we have so many weapons, it's almost unfair. Definitely one of my favorite Steeler teams. I got to tell you, it is one of my favorite Steeler teams. And this is also one of my favorite versions of Ben Roethlisberger as well. I understand he had three interceptions yesterday, and we're going to talk about that in uh, just a little bit. But I really love everything that's going on with this team. I love the fact that he came out today and said three interceptions are absolutely unacceptable as well. Uh, but I love the running game, and we were talking about the running game, Tony. And Joey Jr. has a question, and he throws in $20. Thank you so much, Joey Jr. Jr. We really appreciate it. Joey Jr. from Rochester, by the way. I, I know that because now I can't remember the area code. It might be 585. He always puts that in at the beginning. But mm -hmm. 
is it me or is Connor running with a different style? It seems that he is spinning out of hits more and it's doing injustice. Well, I tell you what, that one of those spins, you know, helped him out a little bit yesterday, Joey. Um, I think he is, I don't know if it's a different style. I still, I don't think he's running as hard, but he's running smarter and he's still getting the yards. And I don't feel like he's taking the pops like, uh, like he usually does, but spins like that keep you from taking some pops. Well, you might spin into a, a big tackle and I understand that, but I really, uh, I really like the way, uh, James Conner is running Tony. What do you see from him? Do you think that it's a different style? And once again, thank you for the $20, Joey Jr. I I've noticed, uh, that he, he seems to be avoiding contact more than he has in the past. You know, one, one of the things that made Le'Veon Bell so great is he, he didn't really absorb many uh, hard hits. I mean, obviously, all running backs are going are gonna to take a shot every now and then. But but Jeff Hartman's pointed this out many times. Uh, Connor just, you know, he, he used to run to see, like run into contact all the time. He used to just be more more of a, sl- a slasher. But whereas now it seems like he's he, he's trying to a- a- avoid hits, and he's still running hard. And and you know, we have to it bears repeating or pointing out that he really worked hard this off season. We were kind of laughing about. Like him, you know, all the, all the work he put in, he was always on, on social media, you know, posing, but I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's paying off. I mean, he, you know, he, he's right since week one, since we were, especially me, I was so critical of him after week one and, and only what gaining nine yards and six carries and leaving with another injury. And I'm thinking, here we go again, but he's been a, he's been playing probably his best football since week two. And, and, and that offense, as I've said many times, functions so much better when, when the running back is effective. And, and I think you're seeing that now with, uh, with, with, with uh, a renewed, a rejuvenated James Conner. And Ezra says, Conner is running with vision and power. And Ezra, a good friend of the show, I really appreciate that. That is, that is a great comment there. Um, Mac will do. I'm going to bring up his comment here. The confidence in this team, and nobody's talking about the coaches badly anymore. That is a big deal, Mac will do. Nobody, everybody's liking what, what Mike Tomlin is doing right now. That's because he's 6-0, though. But one right. loss, and people are going to be all over Tomlin. Do you feel that's going to happen? Because, you, you know, the odds of going 16-0 are – they're rough. I mean, they're, they're slim. And when you look at a season like this, Tony, and I've said this all along, that you're going to see a lot of teams at 12-4 and four and up and a lot of teams at 4-12 and 12 and down. So I could actually – picture for 12 and four teams right now with a possibility of five. Um, it depends if the bills get things back together, but I can see the chiefs, the Titans, the Steelers and the Ravens all going 12 and four or better because of the lack of parity in this league, top heavy, bottom heavy, but back to that question. Do you feel like one loss and they're all over Mike Tomlin? Yeah, I mean, I was I was checking out Facebook, which is never a good idea. You know, <laughs> I was checking out the Facebook comments on on uh, one of the articles that was published. I don't know, maybe it was mine or somebody else's on behind the store curtain, and they were arguing back and forth about uh, Mike Tomlin having uh, not thirteen undefeated seasons, but only ten under or I'm sorry, thirteen non losing seasons, and not. 13 winning seasons. They were going back and forth about that. So, you know, the, the second that they, they lose a the game, they're going to, they're, they're going to be all, I mean, they, they do it during a game. So yeah, I could definitely see it, see it happening. If once they lose their first game, which I'm, I'm sure is inevitable. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm assuming it's going to happen 
sooner or later. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna be all over him. But but you have to give kudos to to them this year for for being prepared week in and week out, especially yesterday. I thought they they came out like like gangbusters in that first half. Greg Wakefield says, I'm thinking 14 and two. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about uh, projections for this team in the second half of this show. But let's go ahead and ask this question. Tony, say they lose this game because it looked like they could possibly lose this game. Right. If they do, who do you blame? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I would I would put put a lot of the blame on 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 on. Uh, on, on Ben, of course, for that that interception late late in the game with two thirty five to go, that was I think that was a a bad interception there, and I would blame the defense. I would blame guys like Joe Hayden who who didn't have his greatest game. Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't it wasn't his best day. That's what I that's who I, who I would blame. And of course, you'd have to blame the coaches for not adjusting to what the, the Titans were doing to them in the second half. And then again, you know the Titans are they're a good team and they have a great coaching staff in their own right. So. But I definitely, I think you, you could spread the blame around to Ben, uh, the secondary, and, and and the coaches. But luckily, they did not lose that game, and I am not going to uh, do this any longer. Do the what if, you know? Because here, I don't care if they almost lost that game yesterday. I would have cared if they lost, but I don't care right now. All I care about is six and zero, oh. and the reason I only care about six and zero oh right now, Tony, is the fact that we have seen this all along. If you, not just the Steelers, but with lots of other teams, the Patriots over the last 15, 20 years, how many times did you see them almost beaten? And they say, all right, guys, just like the, and I keep on bringing this up, just like the uh, movie, The Program, when Joe Kane goes under center, he goes in the huddle and says, all right, boys, let's go put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. And he does. And, th- and that's one of my favorite quotes. And it feels like good teams do that. Right. The Patriots will always do that. I'm watching the Chiefs this year. I've watched the Chiefs almost lose a couple games this year. Right. Right. Especially to the Chargers in week two. I yeah. watched them struggle against the Patriots. You know, they they could have lost those games. I've watched the Bills pull out some games. I've watched the Titans pull out two or three games. In fact, I think there was a, there was a graphic yesterday that the Titans were uh, 4-0 and at one point with uh, being down in the fourth quarter, yeah. down or tied in the fourth quarter of all of those games. So the title of the show is The Steelers Prove You Don't Have to Be Perfect to Have a Perfect Record. Right. And that's the thing. Are we happy with this team right now? Or are we going to just sit here and be worried about this team? Because right now, I want to celebrate the fact that this team is 6-0 and for the first time since 1978. Possibility of tying the record. And, you know, what happens if they beat the Ravens next week? Then, who knows? Somebody said, hey, they could go 10-0 and before their first loss if they beat right. the Ravens next week. Right. So, so, Tony, what's it going to be? Should we celebrate this or should we just worry what's up ahead? Oh, I think celebrate. I mean, I think this this game yesterday against the Titans or on Sunday, if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, is it proved it proved to me that they're for real. You could argue on who's the best team in football; that doesn't matter. This game proves to me that, that they are for real. If you question the five and zero start, you can't question it anymore because the Titans were a are a great football team. This is a team that hadn't lost in the regular season since December 22nd of last year. This is a team that was in the AFC Championship game last year. You know, and back to the Steelers, 
they dominated their opponents for six straight quarters. They scored, they, they outscored the Browns and the Titans 65 to 14 over a six quarter span. That's not, that doesn't happen very often in the NFL. The league, the league has a way of humbling you and, and the Titans, again, a very good team did that to the Steelers in the second half yesterday. And yet, but they, but yet they held on to win and that's what good teams do. And Wes said, what if they go 16 and 0? Then you hope they make it to 19 and 0 at that point. That's exactly what you've got, you've got to do. Uh, here's the thing, you know, Tony, I know you're a bachelor. I'm married. A lot of people out there, we've got a great mix of a bachelor's, bachelorettes out there, um, husbands and wives. And sometimes you look over at your your significant significant other or the the woman or the guy you're dating, like, man, how did I score that? When are they going to wise up and dump me? Right. And that's what I feel like Steeler Nation is doing right now, thinking that we don't deserve to be six and zero, oh, and we don't be deserve to be fans of a team that's six and zero oh right now. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, hey, instead of sabotaging your uh, your situation, your romantic situation, celebrate it and uh, say, hey, I deserve it. And guess what? When you when you say you deserve it and you play like you deserve it and you uh, romance like you deserve it or treat your significant other like you deserve it, then you're going to earn it and you're going to deserve it even more. So there you go. Black and gold goggles says, amen, bad. I outkicked my coverage. With my wife. I love that line. Master of Puppets says 16 and 0, bad Mohawk. I still think I said 16 sacks for for uh, Mike Hilton. We have to go back and find the tape on that. And Tanya McBride <laughs> asks this When was the last time the Steelers were the only undefeated team in the league? I would guess that it was 1978. Yeah. It could have been 79 when they were 4 and 0. I don't know if there was another undefeated team at the time. Um, but I would probably say 78 when they started out 7-0. and Then they they became 7-1 and on their way to a 14-2 and season, Tony. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's my guess. The late 70s is probably the last time that this has happened for them is uh, being the only undefeated team in the league. But this is what great organizations do. You saw it last year when they they rebuilt their defense during the season. They were preparing. They were hoping to make the playoffs last year, but they were preparing for, for the future by by – getting a player like Minka and, and by, by improving that defense. And, and, and now it, it's, it's paying, it's paying off this year. They have been back. The offense is looking better than ever. And the defense, you know, it's not as dominant as it was last year, but I don't think there are many defenses that are, that are as dominant as in the past. Cause it's just not that kind of year for defenses, but it's still a very dynamic defense. And it's, and, and, and now with the, with, with the franchise quarterback back, this is, this team is a, is a true contender. Now here, I'm going to bring up some three quick comments before we go into the break. It's Dean McRae saying 16 and 0. Holy crap, we haven't even beaten the Ravens yet. Look, I understand that, Dean. We're not saying, I'm not saying they're going to go 16 and 0. Someone asked, what if they go 16 and 0? And then you hope for something else. Knapp brings up this, and I love it. I hope the team isn't celebrating. They need to be concentrating on the Rappers. Yeah, they absolutely do. Tony, I don't think this is a team that is going to get ahead of themselves. Do you? No, I mean, I, I watched Ben, his Zoom press conference and Mike Tomlin's press conference. They weren't very happy. Uh, I think they realized that, that uh, they, they almost let a, uh, uh, a great team off the hook and they almost walked out of a, a game they, 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 that they were in total command of with a 5-1 record instead of a 6-0 record. So they're not going to go into the uh, Ravens game totally uh, overconfident. Why would they? they? They never do. It's the Ravens. They, they know what that means. You know, Ravens football, a AFC North football. They know what that means. AFC, AFC North road action 
So they're, they're, they're not going to take the Ravens lightly. They're going to be prepared for that game, winning or lose. They're, they're going to go in that game uh, prepared, to, prepared to, to do battle. Now, I'm, Gyro says, don't mean a thing without the ring. And Michael Tool says, bad and Tony, a lot of teams seem to be hitting their peak right now. I think the Steelers aren't even close to firing on all cylinders yet. And once they get there, we will be extremely tough to beat. Agree? Absolutely. And let me tell you about Jeff Hartman's show this morning. If you did not get a chance to check it out on our audio-only side of the podcast platform, check out Let's Ride. Because he was saying, look, the Steelers haven't even reached their peak yet. There's still a work in progress. And that's the thing. This team hasn't even gotten where they need to be yet. And they're 6-0. and And that's the exciting thing. Before we go, go to break, Tony, let me say this. Um, somebody's bailing me out here. And I really appreciate this. Because if you don't know, the whole thing about me and a mohawk. Hmm. Um, the Jeff Hartman and uh, Dave Schofield. I don't think Dave was... was uh, trying to antagonize me as much as Jeff was, but I made a bet that if that I will go ahead and get a porno mustache if Mike Hilton gets 10 sacks. I said, what if he breaks the record or ties the record? And because at one point he was averaging one a game. What if he gets 16? And I said, that's where I would get a mohawk. Now, yesterday, somehow it turned into if this team goes 16 and 0, bad gets a mohawk. If that's what I did, that's fine. If I said that, that's fine. I'll do that. And if that happens, I'd be glad to let, I live so close to Jeff. We would do it in a live cast. He could give me the Mohawk in front of all of you. You'd be able to see it, but here's the deal. George Rice says it was 16 sacks for Hilton bad. You are right. They just want that pretty hair shaved. And look, I'm almost 50 guys and there's no bald spot even appearing. The only genetic lottery I'm ever going to win guys is the hair. Tony, what do you think? It's spectacular. I love it. But uh, I wouldn't, uh, I would I, I may, maybe wouldn't count Mike Kelton out just yet for the 16 sacks. I mean, you saw what he did in, on Christmas day, three years ago, they have a Thanksgiving day game coming up. He seems to do good on the holidays. Uh, I, I think if anybody could give that record a, a run for its money, it's Mike Kelton. Now I'm going to make an announcement here. Donald, that is not backpedaling. I'm not scared of the Mohawk. Um, I'm scared of my wife, but I'm not scared of the Mohawk. <laughs> but here's the deal. If the Steelers beat the Ravens, tune into the preview, and we will revisit this bet. But right now, if you go back and check, it's the Mike Hilton bet. But I will go ahead and I will look at this bet one more time, Tony. I, I Hey, okay. I mean... Uh, that, that's 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 a real fan right there. I, I tell you what, I mean, uh, I wouldn't do it. Not, I don't have any hair on my head, basic practically. I, I could I could do whatever I want to my hair. Nobody would even notice. So you're really going out on the limb there, by uh by uh by uh, taking that chance. So uh, I'm I'm proud of you. Would you Would you grow the porn mustache? Sure. I mean, I, that's one thing. People are always trying to get me to grow a beard or a mustache, and which I could really do. I have the I have the genetics for it, but I just never liked it. Yes, yeah, but I would definitely do it. Yeah, you could do the Harry Reams uh, 1970s uh, deep throat type um, porn mustache. That would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> so well, if they go 16-0, oh, 
you could bring on the mustache. But let's go ahead and take a break. If you are checking us out on YouTube, just stay where you are. We're going to be back in a jiffy. If you're listening to us on our family of podcasts on whatever platform you listen to, just go ahead, download number two, and we are going to be right back at you right after this with part two of The Steelers Hangover. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. 